Hey everybody, we're back with another episode of Resilient Love. I know you're probably wondering, Brianna, you're by yourself. What's going on? It's nothing. Just this particular episode is just going to be me speaking with an awesome guest. So without further ado, I'm not going to hold the suspense any longer. We have with us on this episode, Miss Lark Galley. 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 Uh-huh. Oh, forgive me, guys. That was Lark Galley. But she's going to give us the best explanation of who she is. And we're going to get into this great conversation. So you have the floor. Thank you. I appreciate it. So I'm really excited to be here, Brianna, because um, I feel like I have an important message and it's very, very timely. Um, it has to do with the releasing of my my new book that came out just a couple months ago called Learning to Breathe Again, Choosing to Heal After Losing a Loved One to Suicide. Um, my background has been in corporate America. Ten years ago, I left and became a, an entrepreneur. I, I have several businesses. And when my son died by suicide in March, 2019, I I just let go of everything else. And I just started to focus on how can I make a difference so that other parents do not have to experience this tragedy in their lives. Wow, wow. Such a powerful testimony coming from Miss Lark Gailey. And I just really want to go into this next question. As she mentioned, she wrote this awesome book, and I want you guys to go get it. It's on her website, and we'll have that in the description. So with that being said, share with us just that time, if you don't mind. Just take us back there for a second so we can really get the full message. Sure. So uh, seven years ago this month, my father died by suicide and he had battled mental illness his whole life. It went undiagnosed until he was in his 50s. And I didn't think that his death would have as big an impact on me as it did because he was emotionally distanced. You know, um, he just wasn't always there for me. But what happened was when he passed away, I went into this depression for about five months. And I I didn't know I was in a depression at the time. Right. And it was called um, like a a corporate depression, meaning that I had to function in the business world. But I would go to meetings and I would take notes. And two days later, I would look and I would say, that's my writing, but I don't know what those notes mean. And I don't even remember being in that meeting and I couldn't talk about it. You know, the whole stigma with suicide and, and mental illness. I just couldn't talk about it. And so even some of my best friends did not know that he died by suicide. Well, fast forward five years. Um, and a couple months after that, my son who was 19 years old student at the university of Utah, doing everything he loved. He w- he is not the kid that you would have said, oh yeah, he's a problem child. He's got issues, right? right. Did not see this coming. And he took his life because Ooh. things just got a little bit too much for him. And when that happened, I wanted to go into that hole where I was yeah. with my dad, right? And uh, within a couple of days, some friends of mine reached out and they told me their concerns about their own children, these teenagers, who knew my son. And I began to realize something that I couldn't change the past. This wasn't about me as a parent. Where did I fail? It wasn't about my son and his problems that we didn't know about. This was about these kids. And if they took their life, I couldn't affect that. What could I do? I could change whether or not I spoke up 
because if I didn't speak up, I couldn't live with myself if they took their lives. That's what I yeah. couldn't live with. Yeah. And I started talking about it. I started posting it everywhere on social media because even though my father died by suicide, I thought, oh no, that won't happen to my children. That's out there. That's outside Ooh. our home. And what yeah. I wanted to tell parents is it, it's very much close to home. The suicide statistics are such that if you have not been impacted by suicide, you will be. And especially with COVID in this last year, right? The lockdown, yes, yes. the isolation, all of those things contribute to suicide ideation. And we need to have connection. We need to do things that help other people know they're valuable, they are important, and that will help people stay on this planet because we are so connected to each other. Yes. Oh, that's such a powerful point there because I really have found that a lot of people are missing that extra interaction. They're missing that. Let's go out to dinner. You know, so now we have the Zoom dinner. What are you going to eat on your side? <laughs> and I think that when we really zone into the reality of the unspoken truth, the unspoken pain that we experience and that human connection is a part of the healing, I believe. It, it is totally, yes. And I love the fact that you're here tonight just to share with us because this is going to really break some people's mode of silence and right. speak out on this serious, very serious concern in our nation. Right. Um, well, just like you mentioned, you know, when I was silent, when my father went through the suicide, I didn't heal. And it was only through speaking up and breaking down the barriers about the stigma and the shame around suicide that I could start to heal from my son's suicide and finally start to heal from my father's suicide. Yes. Yes. And I appreciate you sharing. Um, I have a friend, her, her book title is Transparency Heals. It and I believe, I believe that even with your book, um, learn to breathe again, you know, learning to breathe again, because I mean, I feel like in that moment, you are in a sense suffocating because of the silence. Yep. So. Exactly. And, you know, just all those emotions, it's almost hard to even take a breath. Right. And it's, yeah. And it's a choice that we make. I could have chosen to, to hide. I could have chosen to just not talk about it, to go into a very dark hole, which would not have helped me, my family or other people. Right. But yeah. I had to make a choice. And honestly, this mission, this is a mission. This is my life's calling now is to, to wake people up and say, let's do something differently because that's what's giving my life meaning and purpose. Yeah. And you know, that, that brings me to another point about relationships. How has the, what you have experienced mm -hmm. affected your other relationships? Mm -hmm. Well, in my book, I talk a lot about the regrets that I had around the relationship with my son. And, and as a parent, you know, the things that we do and we, we push and push and push. And it's hard to know, you know, have I pushed them too hard? Have I pushed them not enough? What what can we do? And I have learned um, unconditional love. And what does that look like as a parent? Because we say we give unconditional love, but then we give our kids the stink eye if if they don't do their chores or we you know, they didn't get a high as high a grade as we would like. And we, we criticize them for this. 
And it's letting them know that we love them no matter what, no matter if they fail a class, no matter if they say to mom, I got my girlfriend pregnant, mom, I'm gay, whatever it is, we mm -hmm. need to say, I love you. And, and you know, there's a difference between saying, I love you. I'm here to support you. It doesn't necessarily mean we support their choices. You know, we don't, right. we don't but we, we are supporting them. We are their advocate. We are there to say, um, Hey, let me navigate this very hard time for you. Exactly. Exactly. And I like the way you said it's about the advocacy. It's about the support. Mm -hmm. And I believe your book is that support that we need in this time. So, you know, it brings me to another thought process because we hear cliches a lot. You know, um, time heals all wounds. You know, get get past it, get past it. What are your thoughts on that particular quote? Um, I would say don't ever say it to somebody right off the bat, you know, because it, right. it seems pretty insensitive, right? Okay. Um, we're coming up close to my son's two-year death anniversary, which will be March 2021. And in some ways, it feels like it's just yesterday. And in other ways, it feels like it's a decade ago, right? There's Ooh. There's been so much that has happened. And while, yes, it has gotten somewhat easier for both my husband and me, there are still times when the grief can be so overwhelming and it sneaks up on you and you, you don't expect it, right? We just made it through the, the holidays. This Christmas 2020. And, and it just was really heavy and hard. And so as we came into the new year, um, I started to be able to, okay, I can, I can feel a little bit better now. I can set some goals to move forward. And when I'm struggling, I know I'm struggling. I just have to, to take care of me, to do some self-care not keep pushing it, right? I just have to accept where I am and and accept whatever shows up for the day. And yeah. so that's what I would say. You know, so many people want to support and help others that are going through a hard time, whether it's a divorce or a job loss or um, losing, you know, a, a loved one. And sometimes you don't have to say anything. You just show up and say, how can I support you? And that might just be sitting there in the room quiet. Yeah. Just just that presence. Mm -hmm. That's another form of support, too. And, you know, I want you to know here at Resilient Love, we definitely support you through this time as well. So, you know, overall, when it comes to the book and the premise of the book, I'm, I'm honestly thinking of, are you going to take it to the next step and do a foundation? Are you going to be doing more advocacy work outside the book? I mean, the book says it all, but what are your next steps? Well, I'll tell you, um, when the book was published back in November, 2020, uh, within a week, I sort of hit that depression. Like I went into a depression that I hadn't been into since my son died. And I realized that I had been putting so much effort into writing this book that my whole focus was on the book. Now it was done so I could be done, right? I could just yeah be done. And I met with my mentor, Richard Paul Evans, who is a over 40 time New York Times bestselling author. He wrote The Christmas Box House and he wrote the forward to my book. And he said, your mission is not the book. Your mission is to continue to share this message with people who need to hear it. And I'm like, thank you for helping me get a better perspective of this. Right. So starting a foundation actually feels exhausting and a little overwhelming. But, <laughs> but I but I do go out and support other people who have started foundations. I'll speak with them, you know, at their at their groups and, and bring awareness to what they're doing. That feels really good to me. 
and just continuing to share this message wherever I can, however I can, that that's what I've um, really feel called to do. Um, I also want to talk more with youth. Youth are really yeah. struggling. And if I can come in more into the sphere of youth and help them, that's what I would love to do as well. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, I believe that with COVID-19, the growing up as a teen, and then, of course, just hearing things in life, it does bring about that pressure and leads to those unwanted thoughts. And so I really appreciate you bringing out that point that your next task is to grab that generation that is getting consumed, right, with this media, social media, the likes, the dislikes, the comments. It's all a whole thing. And so we need more people like you out here advocating for expressing yourself and mental health and everything like that. Um, so in a personal sense, before we close, what were you doing in corporate America? If you don't mind sharing. <laughs> Not a problem. So um, for, let's see, probably 25 years, I was in global logistics, which is a fancy way of saying transportation. So I was a global account manager. I traveled around the world. I, I did sales, you know, I had big corporate accounts and all of this stuff. And like I said, back in uh, 10 years ago, my, my oldest was 15 and then I had two um, preteens. And I realized that my, my ladder was against the wrong wall, honestly. Wow. I, I had live-in nannies taking care of my kids, you know, since they were born. And I hadn't had the opportunity to spend the time with them that I wanted. And as you're probably aware, uh, the 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. is often when kids get in trouble, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, it's because the parents aren't home. And I did not want that for my children. And I made a big step. I left corporate America. I left multiple six-figure income. They never thought I would leave, right? <laughs> and, uh, and I'm like, you know what? I, you can't get that time back, right? Yes. And, and that's, I just, I spent more time with my kids. I still had my own business that I was running, but I, I was more time with my kids. And I, I asked my 15 year old, so how, how is it with me being, being around at home working, you know, from home? And she goes, well, before you quit, you were never here. And now you're always here. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, that's an awesome message to parents. Mm -hmm. The children want you around and i mean like you said you caught that early you called yes. and you said i'm gonna attack this first because right. that whole separation and disconnect is not going to happen in this house so i definitely appreciate that and i understand that completely mm -hmm. um so parents i hope you guys caught that yep. um before we let her go um let us know we can follow you and just sure. let us know whatever you have coming up Sure. So um, my website is LarkDeanGalley.com. You can find a link to my book there or it's on Amazon, Learning to Breathe Again, Choosing to Heal After Losing a Loved One to Suicide. Um, let's see. Facebook, it's it's um, Learning to Breathe Again is the is my Facebook, public Facebook page. And um, I'm on, let's see, Instagram and mostly Instagram. Yes. But um, just you know, I'm looking to get out there and talking more in, in different groups. I'm going to be participating in the uh, my state's legislature program they're having for, you know, this suicide prevention advocacy and just getting involved wherever I can and making my voice heard and saying, wake up. We need to wake up and and realize that this could be happening in our own homes. And there is nothing more tragic 
than losing someone you love to suicide because that is a death that did not have to happen. Yeah. Powerful. And I definitely appreciate your time. And you guys go get the book. You see the link scrolling down below and it's going to be in the description. Um, this has been another episode of Resilient Love and we appreciate your time. See you guys in the next episode. Thank you.